0: We pray for Ukraine. I have written some variant of that sentence just about every week this last year when I put together the prayers of the people. And and this week I could scarcely do it. As more images come across, you know, our screens of just senseless violence. And sort of the best we seem like we can do is to talk about how big of tanks we can send without crossing some mythical red line which would unleash a nuclear holocaust. And there's just such a a, a lament that I have, a sort of a, wow, like the world's been praying, kind of, God, what's, what's going on? And I'm forced to acknowledge that there, uh, as I, as I observe this situation, this invasion, that there, there is evil in this world. There are forces, uh, human and, and spiritual, that, that seek the destruction of our life together, eroded our faith, again, seek death and sin. In Jesus' day, there were also forces of evil, and, and the intro we have today to the gospel reading cues us into that when, when the writer Matthew tells us that it was after John the Baptist was arrested, I need to give you the backstory there. You see, there was an, a King Herod, and, and King Herod was the, the Roman uh, chosen ruler over the Jewish people. And Herod used this political power and this political position he had for the benefit of him and his own family, and he built really nice buildings with everybody's tax money, and he got the religious leaders of his day to buy in to him because they were more worried about the alternative. History doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. It rhymes. And so there is Jesus confronted with this, and John the Baptist is in prison because he's called out the the moral infidelity of Herod, and Herod said, that's enough, you're in prison. And so Jesus here is, is examining now this world once again in which the political and religious sort of forces are uniting in hypocrisy and cynicism to oppress people. And what is then Jesus' response to this sort of another chapter, uh, another manifestation of evil in this world? Well, well, Jesus, instead of sort of raising up some army or doing something that maybe we would wish he would do, instead he just chooses to move by a lakeside community, maybe to do some carpentry, and he just begins to walk around, and he, he doesn't even give glorious illustrations. There's no fancy stories, yet he, he literally just walks around and gives this amazingly short message, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, before we evaluate whether that's, uh, you know, enough of a response by, by Jesus to this haunting situation we we probably need to review the word repent because repent is a churchy word like i i don't think any of you after christmas break this year i'm sure there's at least one family member you were annoyed with okay just odds are none of you probably called up that family member and said i command you to repent of your behavior over christmas break right so repent is just a church word, and so I want to unpack what, what repent means. And repent sort of has, has two layers of meaning, and the first layer of meaning is to, to turn, and, and really to turn because you felt bad about something. So uh, let's assume that we'll, we'll call this uh, mythical person interrupting man, and interrupting man interrupts the people in, in his life. And finally, one of them, a child, a spouse, um, a friend, a sibling comes to interrupting man and says, you know... You interrupt me all the time. And it really, I don't like it. And uh, interrupting man has this moment of like, oh, I shouldn't do this. I don't, I don't mean to disrespect you, so I feel bad. At that point, that is not repentance. That is, that is uh, acknowledging that we've made a mistake and apologizing, but that is not repentance. Repentance is where interrupting man then begins to think about why have I done this? What needs am I meeting by interrupting people? How can I train myself to have different habits? How can I pray to God that God would take away this habit, this this sin of mine that is hurting my my loved ones? That's repentance, where there is a a turn. Now, many churches will talk about repentance, and they they do so in a way that often involves fear, and, and a real sort of or else. Like, repent or else there will be judgment or else there will be hell on earth or hell for eternity for you. Right? Repent or perish becomes this message. This, um, this you know, year we've been trying to do more with, with social media, kind of getting the message of the church out there. And it's kind of amazing what nooks and crannies over the globe sort of it seeps into. And so this uh, month I've been in, in contact with uh, a young man from India. Man, there's a, a, a Christian minority there that he's a part of. And, and he's been a part of, of a number of churches that have really emphasized repentance with a whole lot of fear. You know, you've got to repent. The Christian life is a struggle against sin in your own, in your own self. And, and he's, he's been wrestling with this. And finally, he went to one of his spiritual elders in his church, and he said, you know, I'm, I'm really wrestling with, with pornography and addiction. And the response of this elder was, well... You need to fight against it, and if you don't, you're not a Christian. Now, I'll tell you that that's really not what people who are struggling with addiction need to hear. But all this to say that there are, again, plenty of churches where repentance is layered with fear. And so you would think then, well then, uh, okay that's great i'm a lutheran pastor in fact he was coming to lutheran uh pastor because he was curious he he heard the word about grace and and he needs a word of grace you think well fine then i can just tell him you don't need to worry about repentance as for baptists not us lutherans so just take a break don't worry about it but i cannot say that i cannot say that uh it turns out that that luther um when writing the 95 theses actually quotes matthew chapter 4 the very first thesis, the thing that kicks off the whole Protestant Reformation, quotes this verse, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And, and Luther writes, when our Lord and Master said repent, he willed that the whole life of the believer was one of repentance. It wasn't about sort of fluffy stuff and unicorns and rainbows. The whole life of the believer is one of Repentance. So what's going on? Where's the grace? Where's the love in that? Well, you see, what, what Luther, Luther was a study, student of the Bible, and he knew that he couldn't take repentance out of the Bible, nor would he want to. His insight was, was that, though, the reason why we repent is not fear but love, because we know that God loves us, and we know that our neighbor, our neighbor is loved by God, too, and our neighbor needs needs us to fight against the sin in our lives. So you think about interrupting man. Uh, Whether or not interrupting man chooses to repent, God is still going to love interrupting man. If whether or not we sort of achieve the struggle against sin in our life doesn't change the fact that God has has died for us. There's no level of getting it right, of of repenting that I can do to somehow actually have made Jesus die for me. No, that has already been achieved. That's already been won. But rather, out of that love and out of that conviction and that desire to love my neighbor, I will repent. So Interrupting Man is going to repent because he loves those in his life and he knows that God loves them too. And so he's going to choose to work on that so that he can better and honor, love them, the one whom God also loves. So it's this this shift there and, and really then our, our whole life is, is one of going to the waters of baptism and giving over to God our sins. Not so that God loves us, but because God loves us and God loves our neighbor, we, we want to get rid of this stuff in our lives. So what does that have to do, though, with the war in Ukraine or the arrest and ultimate beheading of John the Baptist? Well, perhaps it's, it's a reminder to sort of focus on what we can and that if all of us, again, if all of us could, could repent and fight against the sin in our lives, in our homes, in our communities, and that all added up, suddenly the world would be a different place, right? Like, you know, yesterday there was a football game in Philly, right? And if there had been one fan there, what, you know, what? What difference would that have made? But once you get tens of thousands of people and two touchdowns, game over, right? You got the energy, the crowd going. So so maybe it's just about sort of scaling this up, starting with one and scaling up. I think there is some truth to that. But I think something else is going on. And to get at that, I want to get at the the second layer of repentance. Because again, repentance has, has two meanings, and there's another layer And the the other layer of meaning of the word repentance in the Bible is to have a new mind. To have a a new paradigm, a new way of looking at life. And Jesus today is saying for us to repent and to have a new way of thinking about things. For the kingdom of God has arrived. And so you see, when, when Jesus is confronted with this Yet again, this manifestation of evil in his life. Jesus says, (laughs) evil, you're on notice. You're on notice that the kingdom of God has has come. Jesus is letting the forces of evil know that he didn't take the devil's bargain in the wilderness. The devil wanted him to ignore the cross and the resurrection. And Jesus says, no, I'm I'm not doing that. Again, yes, there's going to be a battle, but the the war, the war is already over. And evil, again, has has been served notice that its days are, are numbered. And you see, Jesus is is going to let the disciples know that although what they see, what they see are the powers of evil at work in political and religious structures. What they see is the oppression of their people. What they see are diseases that are taking people's lives. What they see, again, are problems they can't solve. But now Jesus is saying, have a new mind, have a new mind, Because, because, again, the kingdom of God is at hand. There is hope. There is hope. Yes, indeed. And to us then, to us, and we live in this world now where we are just saturated. We, we live every day bombarded with messages that the, the world is not as it should be, that it's out of kilter, that there's one more reason for us to be disgruntled and upset. So much so, again, that we, we begin to question God's goodness and God's sovereignty in this world because we just, we just again, soak in all day how messed up the world is. I'm, I'm at the point when I walk in and I visit somebody and they have on cable news, I'm deflated. It doesn't matter what channel it is because I, I know they have just been consuming a poison, a toxin that is making them convinced that, in fact, God is not fully alive anymore and that the kingdom is on the run rather than hearing the news no have a new mind have a new mind because the kingdom of god is at hand and so we we need this message this this message to repent and, and to have a new mind because although the the forces of death are at work in our bodies and in our families that, that Jesus and his resurrection have arrived. Have a, have a new mind because although the forces of sin are always at work eroding our relationships, forgiveness and reconciliation have been won. Jesus did not take the shortcut. The kingdom of God has arrived in him. And and have a new mind. Repent because the kingdom of God is at, at hand. And although war may be seemingly a permanent condition, there is a peace that passes all under Understanding that is going to be won by Jesus. And ultimately, that piece of song is going to envelop all of creation. So have a new mind. The kingdom of God is at hand. And because of of that, that hope, that word, that's the word that when the disciples heard it, that made them say, okay, I can drop my nets. I can leave my family. I can leave everything I've known because that is the hope that I need. That is the hope that we're going towards here. And that's the hope. That is the message. That is the proclamation. That is the repentance that allows us to have the strength to fight then the evils in our lives, in our homes, and in our communities. But what about, but what about then this, this war in Ukraine, this, this situation that we seemingly can do nothing about? What about all those things in our life where we have, we have prayed and we've, we've cried out and it doesn't seem like there's any breaking in the forces of evil and they just seem so powerful against us. (laughs) They too need to hear and we need to hear, repent, have a new mind for the kingdom of God is at hand. This week I was with somebody who is dying. And the reason why they're dying is because they have lost a war with alcohol. And at this point, yes, there there may be some some brief some brief better times. But it's it's been a pattern. It's been a pattern of sobriety and then guilt about the fact that life that they had messed up their life and then a return to alcohol. And at this point, I could yell at them to repent, to change, but that, that ship has, has sailed. And so a, as we were together, I did preach a message of repentance. I, I said, have a new mind. Have, have a new mind because, because although alcohol has, has taken your body, it cannot take your soul. That belongs to God and to God alone. Have a new mind. Have a new mind. The the stuff that you didn't want to do, that that know that there's a a power of forgiveness that is greater, that is for you. Have a new mind. (sighs) That in the end, the force of love given and revealed in Jesus Christ is greater than the hatred you have felt for yourself. And with that, there were tears. Tears of such regret and such, such remorse, such repentance, such such longing, such longing for a home, a time when finally the grip of this addiction would finally be done. And in those tears, I was reminded again of the waters of baptism in which we go and we just want to just dip and be drenched in to be reclaimed and know once again that all is not lost for the kingdom of God in Jesus Christ. And his death and his resurrection is at hand. Amen.